You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking rates and lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, everyone. Coming to you live tonight from Candler, North Carolina. It's Rico Mohammed with the Rates and Lanes podcast. I'm going to have my good friend George Hick come on with me tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about um, going out and getting some more direct customers. Also, some things that's been going on. I think it's important that we uh, continue to try to talk about the subject a little bit more and in, in depth. George brings a wealth of knowledge to the table. He is a former freight salesman. So if you have any questions uh, pertaining to how to get the appointment, um, how do you talk with how uh, methods, different methods to use to target different customers, uh, maybe even just get some ideas of where you should be looking. Uh, George Heck is going to be on with us to help us out with that. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and bring George on real quick while I'm trying to get um, get the um, other information up on the DAT uh, information and everything. Uh, so let's bring on, with no further ado, our good friend George Hick of Blue Heron Logistics. You can also find him on Facebook at Blue Heron Logistics. Go like his page. Go check him out. George does some amazing things and and has and there's a wealth of knowledge to uh, us small guys that don't really know exactly or, or haven't had the experience of going out and getting any sales. So, George, are you there? Hey, um, good evening, Rico. I'm here. How are you? I am well, sir. Thank you for coming on with us. Uh, while I'm pulling up this other information real quick, I'll let you go ahead and take the floor. If you got something you want to start out with, um, uh, I'll take it. You heard my open real quick. Yeah, I, I did. And, and, you know, it's uh, thank you for the flattering introduction. I mean, uh, some people have heard me before. I I've, I've, was able to make some really good friends through the couple of years as I've started my business. Uh, this week, I was able to catch up and meet up with Kenny and Elizabeth Long. Uh, we were both delivering up in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, Bruce Jansen was able to catch up with him on my way home in New York um, Tuesday. That was yesterday. And uh, uh, Chris Mayerly is another gentleman that uh, does some very interesting stuff. I mean, if you look him up on, on Facebook, he does a lot of oversized. He contacted me, had a customer with a need for a second truck, and we put something together, and I'll be meeting up with him on Friday. And uh, if all goes well, Rico, the last week of uh, October, I'll be coming through Georgia. Maybe we can catch up. I'm looking um, forward to it, my friend. I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's, okay. it's a lot of fun. You know, the biggest thing I like to say to a lot of people is just make sure you're having fun out here. And, you know, you, you, the building of the relationships takes takes some time, but, you know, also starts with, you know, your attitude, how you are out there with the customer. And as Kevin talked about over the weekend, there are many different avenues of what we call customers, um, you know, Primarily for me, most everything is direct shippers. But, you know, you're working directly with a broker or many brokers, they're your customers. You're working with your carrier, the carrier is your customer. Any, even, any way, you need to take care of them. They have the problem. They have the need for the service. You're providing that service. Right, right. And um, with no further ado, George, I want to go ahead and jump over to how we normally start to show out and go over the uh, DAT trend lines real quick. And I just want to remind all of our listeners and callers that if you have any questions for George or myself or if we can help you out with uh, finding a rate or any uh, lane and specifically that you want to focus on and try to get a price back on a lane, just go ahead and press that little number one that will get you in the queue, and we can get right to your question. So uh, this week for September the 21st through 27th, Load availability dips 1.5%. Freight availability edged down in the last week. Uh, national average rates for vans lost one penny, but reefers and flatbeds rem rates remain stable. Compared to the previous week, average fuel surcharges were unchanged despite diesel decline prices. And we're going to move and go into each segment real quickly. First segment we're going to jump into is the U.S. van demand. And van capacity added 3.2%. Van freight availability was stable last week, down 0.6%, and truck load capacity increased 3.2% last week. The resulting load-to-truck ratio declined 3.6%. From 3.1 to 
3.0 as a national average. Fans are still in high demand relative to the season. Um, and another little extra note here says that August fan rate ratios added 5.2%. The national ratio averaged 3.3 in August, a 5.2% increase compared to July, and 25% above the level of August 2013. So there's a little historical tidbit there for you on the fan demand. Now, jumping over to fan rates, the national average rate for vans declined one cent last week to two dollars and two cents per mile. Rates have remained above two dollars per mile throughout the month of September. And a quick focus on the different markets throughout the country. The national average coming out of the northeast. The Philadelphia market is highlighted at a dollar ninety eight cents on average. Atlanta is the southeast highlighted market at two dollars per mile even. Chicago and coming out of the Midwest, showing an average of $2.24 per mile. Dallas, out of the central region, $1.82 per mile. And Los Angeles is going to round us out for the West Coast at $2.23 per mile on average in the West for a dry van. Jumping over quickly to flatbed demand, load availability lost 2.2% for flatbeds last week and capacity remained stable. Down only 0.2%, resulting in a 2.4% decline in the load-to-truck ratio. The key indicator is down to 29.3 loads per truck, which is still strong for the season. U.S. flatbed rates. Fed rates were flat last week, <laughs> pun intended. Stabilizing at a national average of $2.39 per mile. Demand remains strong for flatbeds, especially in Cleveland, Houston, and Memphis, where rates continue to be elevated for the season. So I'm going to say that again real slow. Cleveland, Houston, Memphis, you have a flatbed, you're in demand. The rate out of the highlighted markets coming out of the Northwest, <laughs> they have Harrisburg showing a $3.65 per mile average. Atlanta, again, is Southeast representative at $2.69 per mile. Rock Island is showing an average of $3.14 per mile. Houston is showing a $3.02 per mile average. And Phoenix, Arizona is showing is the West Coast uh, highlighted market, showing a $2.08 per mile average for the flatbed rates. And jumping over into U.S. reefer demand. Reefer freight availability slipped another 1.3% last week, and capacity added 1.2%. So the load-to-truck ratio was unchanged at 8.8%. The ratio indicates continued strong demand in the refrigerator segment, especially in Grand Rapids and Albuquerque. Say that again, Grand Rapids and Albuquerque. Hint, hint, that might be where you might want to focus that next week. Uh, historical tidbit here says that the monthly average ratio for August increased 11% to 10.1%, surprising bounce for August compared to August 2013. The load-to-truck ratio was 24% higher last month. So that wraps up the DAT trend line. Oh, I'm almost forgotten. Let me give you the U.S. reefer rate. Moving a little, getting a little ahead of myself. The national average rate, average rate for reefers remained stable last month. At $2.33 per mile, rates declined in Central California, but gained strength outbound from Albuquerque due to late-season produce harvest, cabbage, and potatoes. Highlighted markets coming out of the Northeast is Elizabeth, New Jersey, $2.45 per mile. Lakeland, Florida is the highlighted region out of the uh, Southeast, and it's only a poultry $1.49 per mile. Green Bay is the representative out of the Midwest at $3.22 per mile. And McAllen, $1.65 per mile on average. And Fresno is showing a $2.16 per mile average on the uh, West Coast with the reefers. And real quickly, just going to drop into the uh, USDA market report. 
there are only four markets that are showing a shortage of, of uh, capacity. Those markets are Idaho, Merrill County, Oregon. Minnesota, North Dakota is showing a shortage. Space in Washington is showing a shortage. Yakima Valley, Washington is also showing a shortage. And i give you another couple of more markets that have slight shortages that are showing. San Luis Valley, Colorado. Upper Valley, Twin Falls, Burley District, Idaho is showing a slight shortage. Michigan, Moving Onion showing a slight shortage. Eastern North Carolina showing a slight shortage. And Nebraska showing a slight shortage. Everywhere else there is seems to be adequate capacity for any kind of produce and anything else that is moving. And with that said, get back to my guest George. Uh George, let's 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 explore something really quickly. Um for everyone that's listening in that may be thinking about, you know, um gets that gets intimidated. I know we've talked about and, and we kinda used an, an analogy, a baseball analogy, you know, to be a three hundred hitter, you just gotta you gotta get on base uh three times out of ten. And the same thing applies with getting your mind, you know, getting the right mindset when it comes to approaching and soliciting customers. You you care to delve into that a little bit more? Uh, you know, you're right. You, the mindset has got to be there. I mean, you know, it comes down to, first off, be ready to hear the word no. But, I mean, there are times even when, when I want to go out, and, and I'm in the Rochester, New York, New York market that I sold for 16 years for three different uh, LTL trucking companies. And there were days that I just didn't go out and make sales calls. Why? Because my mind wasn't into it. I, 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 people can detect if you're not on your A game and you really need to be on your A game. You've got to, uh, you know, show the excitement and you got to believe in the product you're offering when you're selling. And, and that's where it starts. I mean, I unfortunately have worked, um, for some companies at different times where their service was um, not the best. And, and that's a tough product to sell. Um, to go out and put a smile on your face and say, yep, no problem. We'll pick up your shipment today. We'll have it in Boston tomorrow. When you know, you know there's a lot of strife maybe amongst the union and you're not sure if a guy's going to throw down a truck going to Boston or a, you know one going to Cincinnati. Um, and it's your your game face has got to be there. And, um, you know, I, I, I talked in the past about, you know, starting our business. And I it was interesting. I had a discussion with one of my customers as this was coming together. I mean, she she was there with me through the whole time. I mean, this is a woman that we've known for a long time. Baby, uh, dog sat for us when Kim and I went out of town. But I remember her saying to me one time, she goes, wow, George, this is incredible to, to be part of your growth. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, we know, we've known for five years you wanted to do this. There's not more. We've known where you wanted to be. We've watched you come together and come in and say, well, I, I bought a truck. I'm flying out to Denver. I'm, I'm going to this CMC and I have to explain what the CMC is and, and, you know, buying a trailer and then starting to do the moves. But it's, uh, I didn't realize that people really listened to what I was talking about. But obviously it was my enjoyment and, and excitement that, help bring them into the picture. And, and what I talk about so much with having your customers, whoever they are, you know, make them more, make them a friend. Don't, they're not just a customer and make a move and you're done. You take that to a next level of friendship that will steal more than you can even believe where, where yes, price becomes an issue, but you're not following the numbers that you just talked about. Um, you know, the, uh, on the trend lines, that's, Nothing I really look at. You know, right. and I, I, I hope that kind of, you know. Yeah, because you, you have, and that's the beautiful thing about what your situation is, you have, you have a great niche, and then you have multiple uh, modes of transportation, which is something that we've kind of been telling people about, you know, maybe diversify your, your capacity levels on things that you can offer to different people. And the other thing that I, I kind of wanted to delve into really quickly was, I wanted to talk about focusing on where you are. Um, maybe, you know, we talked about the dumbbell philosophy and everything, finding you a market and everything like that. But I think maybe maybe it might be better just to back off from the dumbbell and just focus on where you are right now. What 
you know, what service are you providing to the community where you are and the people that, that are around you? I know that you guys, you said a lot more about the relationships and, and the different things you just happen to bump into at different um, social events and social functions. You never know who you're rubbing shoulders with um, and, and, and how that those conversations can lead to, uh, you know, if you tell people about what it is that you're doing, it can lead to potential business because you never know who knows who uh, and who knows what. Well, exactly. And that, and that will start, you know, as I said earlier in the summer, you know, you have your holiday functions and your parties, you know, talk with your friends and your family. I mean, you will be surprised how many people have a connection to freight because freight is such an integral, very large segment of, of any region. Um, I mean, you know, we don't have a huge railroad infrastructure, so most everything moves by truck. So one way or another, somebody knows of something going. And, you know, just ask. And, and you know, as I said in the past, and, and I don't want anybody to take this wrong. Joe, Joe Cox and I were talking about it earlier today. You know, I, I had somebody say to me, and they said it to my wife, oh, your husband is a trucker? Uh, you know, she was like, uh, call him that. We've invested too much to be called that. And no, we're business owners and, and sell that business. Offer that service and, and be right. proud and excited about it. People people hop on the bandwagon in a heartbeat. And one thing that real quickly, the reason that you know I keep that kind of jarred me made me want to talk about this subject again tonight on, on the podcast it was about uh, you know, I had an experience earlier this week um dealing with a broker and I really want people to understand you know, we, we're trying to shorten the learning curve for a lot of people, and, and we want to expose not only just the good parts about the industry that we're a part of, but that, you know, the, there's a, a lot of crap that you have to put up with um, when you're dealing out here on the spot market. It's not all, you know, you, it is, yes, you can make a good living on the spot market and everything like that, but when it goes bad, Man, I tell you, it, it can get real bad and in a hurry. And 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 there's really, um, there's really no need for it to be to, to be handled the way that it handles. It goes down sometimes, but it happens that way because it's it's not only it's not a two person agreement now. Now there's a, a, an extra party that's in there, and there's you know you you don't have real clear communication, and when you don't have clear communication on all the aspects of what's going on. Then, then things tend to get real hairy really quickly. Um, just talk a little bit briefly about my situation earlier this week. You know, we contracted to do a load uh, on the spot market. Got a really great rate on it. Come out of Oklahoma, delivering back home into Atlanta. And um, we had an appointment for Monday morning at 4.30 in the a.m. Well, we arrived at the Tonsini, um at 3.45 for our 4.30 appointment. And we were told by the um, the security and the lumper service there that, um, okay, driver, we got your phone number and you got your information. We'll call you back now for a door assignment. No big deal. You know, normal normal standard practice at this uh, particular grocery warehouse. And um, got a call back in about 10, 15 minutes after I left the guard shack, told me to come back down that we're not going to take this load at this facility. Um, it needs to go somewhere else. Well, okay, technically that is a reconsignment by the letter of the contract, which, you know, but, but let me let me clarify that. Really, there is no letter of the contract because a lot of these spot market moves and everything are so vague, and it's 4.30 in the morning, breakdown of communications, obviously, and you're dealing with nice dispatch at some of these brokerage houses, and they really don't know hind in from the elbow to keep to put it politely and so but if you what i'm saying that to say this if you had a direct customer and you were dealing with the direct contact a lot of these um problems that come up can be avoided and if they can't be avoided then okay we're going to do what it's going to take to service the customer anyway but the customer will will automatically understand that they have put you in a precarious situation and that there's going to be an extra fee on top of that because it's easier to get this stuff uh, negotiated in when you're dealing directly with the customer that you have a relationship with. And uh, it's been my experience dealing with a lot of these brokers and everything and, and also 
from our conversation with Mr. Seaton when he came on with us, um, we're trying to take a lot of the applications and, and prove them in the real world, you know, real world scenarios, not just, um, um, I don't know, a, a classroom or, or this is the way it should be. Different ways, but in the, the real world is a, is a totally different ball of a different beast. So, um, you know, just wanted to talk about, you know, George can give us many examples of when things have happened with his direct customers and how, how it was handled with ease versus when you're dealing with a broker where they're, they're, it, sometimes it becomes um, less than pleasant to say, to put it. Uh, put it yeah, you know, you're, you're, you brought up a very good point as you talked initially. Of normally a move is between a shipper and receiver to get a carrier, but now it's between a shipper and receiver, and they give it to a broker. And although the broker has all the information, they don't have everything. And I mean, it makes me think of yesterday. I, I had that um, load I used my step deck for down to Pennsylvania for a substation of insulators. And on the bill waiting, uh, or the DR that I had, it said call 24 hours in advance for appointment. Well, I got a little worried about it, but I called. Fortunately, it was the, the site manager's cell number. He answers the phone at 7, and I said, okay. I said, well, I'm bringing this down. He goes, well, when are you going to be here? I said, well, I'm leaving right now. I said, I'll be there at you know by 1 o'clock. I arrived at 1245. Everything's happy. But the key is often when it comes to the brokerage side, you don't have those direct contacts. I mean, I've even heard stories of brokers saying, well, I don't want you to call your appointments on Tuesday at 4.30. Um, you know, don't want you to call the customer. I think anybody out there that has a shipment going to ABC company with a dealer, if you don't call that receiver and say, hey, I'm bringing you PO number whatever, or I'm delivering this shipment, you need to confirm those details really before you leave. You know, I, I think that's one of the, the best things. Um, and when you have an issue there at 4.30 in the morning, as you described, you can't get a hold of anyone. You have to first discuss or think of how are you going to take care of the customer service. Customer service is first. Get the stuff delivered. Um, but at 4.30 in the morning, you can't get to somebody. With most all of my moves, not that I want to call somebody at 4.30 or 5.30 in the morning, I can call most of them on their cell phone and say, um, Hey Jim, we got a problem here. What do we want to do? But I, I'll be honest, I don't run into many of those situations. You know, you right. you, you talk right. about you know the the lumper in the grocery warehouse. Yeah, I, I go to Wegmans and I pick up my groceries. I don't deliver them deliver them there. <laughs> and, and God bless, I, I God bless get, all those that do it. Yes, sir. We, and, and the thing about it, you know, like I say, I said all that to say this, and I really wanted to do this to to kind of let just for people that are listening in that are thinking about getting their own authority and everything, sometimes um, being leased onto a carrier is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, with greater with greater risk, yes, there's, there's greater reward, but sometimes not necessarily. So if your total lot in life is dealing with, um, it's, it's going to be resulting on dealing with a lot of these brokers out here that, that and, and it's mainly, um, and, and I'm not trying to make this into a let's speed up on brokers evening or nothing like that, because there are some really great brokers out there. There are some brokers that I will, I, I will go out of my way to make sure that I go above and beyond. I try to do that for every customer, but when you, when you do that, like, for instance, with the same scenario, when they, when they told me, oh, we need you to go to a different location, okay, I didn't, I didn't bitch and moan and, and just and throw a hissy fit. It was five miles away. I went ahead and drove over there. Even though my appointment was at 4.30 at the original location and the location that they were sending me to, according to the paperwork that they gave me, didn't open until 8 o'clock. And I actually didn't end up getting unloaded until like 1.30 in the afternoon. I, I, you know, it, just, it totally just blew an entire day. And, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to get across some of the stuff about, you know, the heels of, of the bad part, along with the good part about, yes, you can make great money on the spot market, but at the same time, you, these are different things that you have to account for. And, um, and, and I want to start to try to get, I'm thinking about, I, I, I kind of already started it, and, I'm, and it's kind of going through my mind, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it off or not. 
depending on if I get some volunteers to maybe help me out, um, starting a transportation broker review board on Facebook so that we can try to help one another out. I don't want it to be a bad site. I want it to be a constructive review site so that we can know, okay, which brokers are the problem brokers um, that, that are out there. And also give the brokers an opportunity to, you know, give a rebuttal on their part about, you know, if, hell, if you're a problem, then, you know, that, that, that knife cuts both ways. Um, well, you know, that, I think that, that may, I think that's a, a really interesting idea to, to pursue um, because how in the transportation side of things do people review brokers when they have a problem? I know there's some process some have done through DAT, correct? Yes, DAT has one, and I, and I think Internet Truck Stop has one, but the problem is that, and the reason why I'm thinking about doing it on Facebook is, you know, we got two different competing sites, and without, you know, there, there's really no way to merge that information. And, and maybe if we can do get a, get a, a group going on Facebook where we can, uh, you know, merge that information. And don't just, you know, like I say, we don't want it. We, we want to, if we do it, we want to make sure that we moderate it properly and that we have very constructive. You know, give us all of the points. Don't just tell us one side of the story or nothing like that. Don't say, oh, well, they screwed me over and you showed up, you know, two hours late for the appointment. I mean, you know, just as they're bad brokers, they're bad carriers. And and, and well, the thing about it is, go ahead, George. I'll let you jump in. Yeah, no, you know, that it needs to be constructive. And, and I've said this, you know, when I started our business that, you know, I wanted to come out being in the top 5% of the industry. You know, I've had some people say, well, that's kind of an arrogant comment. But really, I mean, I don't know how many, I mean, do you know how many people are on the call tonight? Do you know? Uh, we got a, we got quite a few on here. Matter of fact, we got a question. Okay. Want to call? Well, well hey, right, let me just see. finish this and let's do that. But, but just, right. but just uh, you know, in a nutshell, I mean, we, we're a drop in the bucket. I mean, even Kevin's, you know, following of listening to the show, I mean, it's not tough to be in the top 5%. I, I'm raising it now to the 1%. It comes from everything that we offer. It's the communication. As you said, it's not throwing a hissy fit. Yes, it stinks when these things go wrong. But you know what? You can't change it after it's gone wrong. It's already gone wrong. Brush off. Let's move on. Let's right. figure things out. And, you know, but let's get to this call. Sure. Caller calling in from the 605 area code. We don't have the screen tonight, but you're on live with Rico and George. How can we help? Howdy, Rico. George, this is Joe Cox. Oh, Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, uh, you know, uh, following on Facebook, the dilemma I had yesterday with a broker, and we'll leave it unnamed right now, but, you know, there there is the thing that those things happen. We've all been out here. We're all adults. We understand how things can try to inspire. Appointments can be missed. They can be up. Uh, long story short, I got to my place yesterday morning and found out I was 10 days early, they said. It's like 10 days? Uh, I think not. Uh, 10 hours? I can deal with that, but not 10 days. Uh, I didn't lose my cool. I didn't scream and yell and cuss at anybody. I said, okay, I would leave the premises as they said it's appointment only, which I did, and I called the broker. The broker was fairly good, except he failed to say, he kept saying, I'll call you back in 30 minutes. 30 minutes came and went numerous times. Uh, right. Finally, we, we come down to the thing, and I told him, you know, he started kind of getting a little spiffy, and I said, well, this is how it's going to work. Uh, I didn't threaten putting it in the storage. I didn't threaten it. I just threatened him that I was going to charge him the thing, and he, he, he accused us of trying to hold his load hostage. Uh, I said, well, I can't technically hold a hostage until the 10th of October at 2.01 p.m., because right now it's in transit, but I will charge you. Whether or not I could have charged them and got away with it or not, that's what we need to do. We need to work on what can we really do when push comes to shove. Because uh, a guy called me today and was asking me about that. He said, well, who would win? I said, when you get in that situation, there are no winners. When exactly. you get in that like, push like, comes like, to shove, somebody's, it doesn't matter if you win. You're going to lose finances. You're going to lose stuff. But the, the broker took my load, and he put it in storage. So I was out nothing, but I did charge him for the reconsignment, and I made sure I got the rate confirmation prior to delivering the product, 
but things do happen. But, you know, I've never been late, but I, I don't think I've ever been 10 days early for a load either. Right, and and that's what, the, and that's some of the things that that's really what this group, this, this other group that I'm thinking about starting and everything. I, I've already started, but I, I'm 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 on the fence on whether or not I'm going to throw it all the way full four out there to the public. And and the reason that is, I you know we, we want to focus on here. We we like to focus on solutions. You know what I'm saying? We 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 want to know what the problems are. We want to deal with the problems, but we want to come to the table with. Solid solutions. Okay, if there's a problem. How can we compare notes to help one another to, to maybe, uh, uh, you know, develop some best practices? Because, you know, all of us, well, I ain't going to say all of us, but some of us are, are, are smaller than others, and some of us maybe have a, a little bit bigger fleet than others. But we all face similar circumstances and, and similar things out here on this road. That uh, and, and I think that most of the people that are a part of this community and a part of what we're trying to do are all serious about trying to get to the next level and, and trying to do things in a better, more efficient way. And what better way to do that than, than to have, uh, you know, have other people that you can compare with and see what, what are they doing that's working and what you having to go through that's working. And then also with all the, the, the different um, experts that we try to bring on board to, to help us really uh, fine-tune this thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, because, that's, a, that's a really, really good point there i this industry i don't know if i want to use the phrase needs a lot of help but you know when i use phrases of being the top five percent or ten percent or whatever i mean that's a small percentage but we want to try to work to rise above and, and be the best I, I mean make this industry really have the respect i think that it had probably 30 40 years ago maybe 20 years ago but we are in a service industry we're offering a service we are going to our customers and providing them a solution. Transportation, as I have witnessed for the years that I was in sales, and I'm still in sales selling for my own company, is coping with that problem. People don't like to deal with freight. Shippers, receivers, it's a pain. How do we make that better? And a lot well, of that just comes down to open communication and letting people know. Yeah, and you can't go throwing, you can't go uh, name calling and being rude to them. I mean, you know, we're all adults. Things happen. Uh, at that point, we need to stand up as adults and take it, you know, and go beyond there and try to solve it. Because, like I said, you can threaten all you want, how far it goes. You know, if they decide to call your bluff, whether it's a bluff or not, how many people have the money to go put it in the storage and say the storage unit's going to say, okay, we want $300 to unload it and we want $5,000 to store it for the next couple of weeks? Uh, how many people got the money in their pocket to pay that check to get unloaded? And and then you've got everybody mad because uh, the guy today that called me says, well, can you sell the load? I said, well, how can you sell the load? You don't own the load. You own possession of the load. You do not own right. the product. You cannot sell something you do not own. You only possess the product. And if you possess it long enough, you'll be out of business because that trailer back there is how you make your living, hauling freight, not storing freight. Exactly. Exactly. And and I just wanted to say this point, you know, the other point that we I, I wanted to bring this up too, and, and like I shared with both of you guys a little earlier, we are right now at a at a point in this industry where, it's supposed to be a carrier's market, you know what I'm saying, where, where shippers, carriers, brokers, whatever, but it should be a carrier's market because there is a shortage of capacity and a shortage of drivers. And if we as carriers, as, as, as motor carriers and transportation professionals, if we don't take the opportunity right now to correct the wrongs of the race to the bottom that has been going on for the past 20 years, you know, everybody, it's, it's always been this cutthroat thing, and, 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 and shippers are starting to be more and more, they understand that, okay, yeah, we're going to have to, now we're going to have to really probably start paying for better service. Before they did, they, you know, trucking has been so segmented because and, and commoditized, but I think that some shippers, if, if you get out there and you talk to them, you get with the right people, they and if they value their product and their customers, they are willing to pay for good service. Good service, I don't care in what industry it is, it, it, it's in, you know, there's a reason why people prefer to stay at, at the Rich Carlton versus the Motel 6. 
But you, you know, know what? You you nailed something there, Rico. That that I had a discussion today. Um, uh, my twenty year old daughter's stepfather uh, owns a thirteen million dollar a year steel company. Started pretty much with you know literally thirteen years ago and built it from this, but with his four hundred one k, put everything on the line. And you know, somebody that you know weren't very close, but he's kind of become a very close ally to me and and working to build our business. I was talking to him today about things, and he looks and he smiles. He goes. Isn't it nice to actually offer your service, do what you said you were going to do, and people are happy? What he was pointing out was, look at the way things stand in in not just our industry, but in general. I mean, you know, I I got to pick up those insulators yesterday. I got there at 5 o'clock, exactly what I said I would at 1030 in the morning, pull in, and they're like, oh, you're here? I'm like, well, that's what you wanted. And then I actually got into a banter with the terminal manager. He goes, well, somebody at Blue Heron Logistics said you'd be here at four. I said, really? You sure about that? He goes, yep, I'm not sure who we talked to. And I said, well, that would be me. And I said, that wasn't the case. I said, because at 1023 this morning, I said I'd be here at five o'clock and I'm here. But, you know, in, in transportation, it's a different world. But, I mean, really, you you just, you know, I mean, I, you know, I was fortunate enough to see Larry Wingett when he opened up the CMC. The guy kind of nailed it. With the facts, but most people don't want the facts. What's that old cliche? You can't handle the truth. Right. Right. But just just take care of the people. Be nice. Let them know. They call you, want to know what's going on? Fine. Now, dealing with the brokers that calls you six times a night wanting to know where you are? Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Not with me. I had two situations yesterday with uh, shippers. And what it was is I went in there, I was very nice and very polite, and I had the heads of both of them places saying, wow, somebody shows up on time, dressed nice, and is polite, and their equipment looks good, and their trailer's clean. It's like, uh, is there any other way to show up? And the guy gave me their, both of them gave me their cards from two different facilities and said, you're in the neighborhood again, don't call a broker. Uh, all I did was what I normally do. I'll give another example real quickly about about a, another broker that I did. I, the problem that I had was uh, it wasn't with the broker per se. It was with the load. Like I said, these are all it all falls down to communication problems at the end of the day. But uh, I picked up a broker load, um, had stops on it. It was a dry load, it wasn't a refill load. Uh, dry load, it was um, uh, like a drink product. Uh, get to the first location, um, and they don't have a dock. But there was no big problem because they had the little, I'm pretty sure everyone knows that they got to pull them off with the forklift, with the chain and everything that way. So they were prepared and everything to pull us off and everything. When we get there, we start pulling off the product and we're looking at the bill of lading and the order is loaded on the truck incorrectly. The last, there, there were a total of like 20 pallets on the truck at, at, at a total and the, they needed two pallets of products that were in the nose of the trailer that was at the first stop. Now, the people knew, <laughs> at least they, I, I'm assuming that they understood that there were two different stops, but they gave me two, two separate bill of ladings for the stops. But the product that needed to come off at the very first stop was in the nose of the trailer. No dock. They did have a pallet that, so, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, how can we solve this problem? So I just told the guy, just go get the pallet jack. It, he he didn't he it, he was only one guy that was there to unload the truck. So I'm I basically had to unload the entire truck, tailgate, let him like, take him off so we could get his products off and reload the entire freaking truck. <laughs> but we do what we do to try to help get the to get the customer service to to, to deliver the value that we that we want uh, that you know that we would expect. You know we we, well, you we know, try let, to let solve problems. We try to give solutions. You know, use this as an, uh, you know, maybe this is an analogy I want people to think about. You go to a restaurant and it stinks or it's, you know, you've paid a great deal of money for mediocre service. You normally don't go back. Work to build your business as your trucking company, whether, whoever your customer is, the direct shipper, the, 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 um, the broker, your, who you're leased to. I mean, you know, my, my enclosed trailer, my Kentucky, I've got a broom hanging in the back. I mean... You know, and I had one gentleman, I did a, it was a load earlier this year, and the, and the guy goes to get with my trailer, he goes, 
wow, this is this is clean. I looked at him, I said, what are you used to? He goes, not this. <laughs> I, you know, and, and just, you know, set yourself apart. But, I mean, if, if, if we don't go back to the, the same restaurant because it's bad food, you know, the shipper really doesn't want to go back to the carrier for the bad service. Right, right. You know, and, 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 and it's and I- not... You know, there's a way to be, you know, in a market and getting a reasonable rate for the service you provide. Don't go overboard. Yeah, but that's the fine line. That also depends on what do you do with your business. You know, as Joe said, you know, and 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 I'm going to mention this that you know Elizabeth uh, Long posted earlier um, that she had gotten a referral from someone. That referral process, uh, and this. I think it will happen, you know, especially, you know, if you work with the agents or anybody. But if you're working with direct shippers, these people know others. That referral, as I use the analogy when I responded to that, is like building a snowman. That's, when you start making the snowman, boy, that thing is small, and it takes a lot of work, and it gets frustrating. You say, nope. You start getting that ball to about a foot in diameter, doesn't it get big real quick? And that's how the referral process works. People start listening, saying... Right. Hey, who's, who's this Rico guy, man? God, he's on time. Exactly. And, and the broker that, that I did that for, uh, it was our very first time doing a load with this guy. Uh, he was ecstatic. He was like, man, you know, where did you come from? Man? 20 years of doing this, and, and, and you don't cuss me out because the, 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 they, loaded, they loaded you back backwards at the, at the shipper, and, and you jumped right in, and you, and you helped out. Man, I'm, I'm going to, you know, uh, he could have compensated me a little bit better. He gave me seventy five bucks, but I mean, <laughs> he could have threw. A, I, I could have threw a little bit, but I'm not, but, but I did that. But you know, we got to be willing. Uh, you know, Kevin Rutherford said something the other day about. Um, on, I think it was on the weekend show. It was about you know, especially being an entrepreneur, you're going to take risks. You know, and sometimes you you do work without expecting to really even get paid for it. But you know, you 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 want to try to. Uh, um, let that be your representative. You know what I'm saying? Let that be, you know, I'll give you one. I'll, I'm, I'm willing to give you one in order to, you know, so that you can get familiar with who you're dealing with. But, you know, but, but don't, you know, you got to, at the same time, you got to kind of set those boundaries where you don't, uh, you don't want to be taken advantage of at the same time. Well, uh, as, as we and, said, and, you know, re, re, respect is earned. It's not, you, you don't come out saying, oh, I, I have respect. You have to earn that. And but you, you have know, to work hard for a good name. Yeah, and, and Joe, with God, there was something Rico was just talking about that you know you had mentioned about, but just it—I don't know—I hate using the phrase of "it's not that hard." It—it it, it is hard, but just taking care of these people—that's what well, they want. And so, but so many people, I—I I, well, I see in the Facebook group, and boy, I know I'm gonna catch hell for this, but that's okay. I see so <laughs> many people having different different charging levels for different services. You pay me, you get my best. I, I do not charge any more for, for the best of the thing. I have one level of service, and that's excellent. I do not accept uh, lower of anybody, and I will not give anybody lower service just because they pay me less. If I accept the rate to go on my truck, you're getting my top-tier service. I can't say, okay, well, right. I took that for a dollar a mile, so I'm going a dollar a mile. You know, no, no, no. You're going to get the top level. And then when you show that guy that, the next time he wants to come in there and say, oh, well, dang, they didn't whine, they didn't cry, they didn't jump up and down and shout, they give it to me. I don't have a problem giving this, man, because, like George said, you earn it. It, it is earned. It is, it's, you know, I don't know. I see so many people, well, I got this level and this level. It's like, come on, we're adults. Be a man. Do, you do your job, and at the end of the day, you get paid for it. Now I can't tell for that I know, but that's okay. Well, <laughs> the one thing that my my friends and my grandfather used to always say, son, there's two ways to do things: first class and half ass. And 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 you know that that always kind of stuck with me. And you always want to try to think that, like you say, you know, your word to a degree, your word is you know your word is your fun, and 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 you put your word out there when you say you're going to do something. We're going to be trying. We're going to be found trying and at least trying to do it. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, you you just nailed it there, and and it just uh, I I don't know I, I there's sometimes I feel like I scratch my head saying 
really, this is happening. And, and you know, these, these the customer just, whoever it is, wants to be taken care of. And maybe, maybe I'm beating a dead horse saying that, but I can't tell you how important that is. They don't want the headache of, oh, where is it? I mean, if you make a delivery for someone, and, and, and I'll say, um, say this, because uh, my friend Tina, who was on the call, on one of the calls with us, I think it was a motor carrier right. meetup call, right. um, regarding that, let, especially with a broker, let them know what's going on, because their job is closing out the end of the day, okay, everything that was delivered today, did it deliver? How hard is it to send them a text or an email, say, hey, I arrived, I'm unloading. I mean, I did that. The, the, the move that I did yesterday of the insulators was a broker load. Local broker slash carrier, mainly a van operation, and you know, a good friend of mine's a sales rep there, and he's been trying to get me in. and And I told him, I said, "Yeah, you know, I'm really not interested. If they're interested, tell them to call me." But their person that needs the flatbed and the specialized had more of the stance of, "Well, George can call us, and if we're interested, we'll give them a chance." You know, I'm busy enough; I don't need this. So I had this first load. I had some headaches with it. I won't deny it, but I sent him a text. You know, to the terminal manager, to the woman that gave me the move, to the sales rep. Hey, I arrived. I'm unloading. I sent him another note when I was done. Arrived, uh, completed, delivered. Everything's fine. Signed for by John Smith. They were happy as can be. Because guess what? At 4:30, they don't have to go through their checklist of, oh, did this deliver? And that happens to them all the time. Well, and the other side of that coin is people have to realize when they're dealing with these customers, if you're on a broker load and you're picking up a load, taking it to ABC factory, that ABC factory, the guy may be mad and everything, but understand he might have had four trucks before you that were late, that was lied to, that had an issue. If you show up and be the good guy, all of a sudden he's going to sit there because some of these brokers at the end of the day, they're just calling whoever they can find at a truck stop to send the load in because they got to cover it. Their load's delayed. The driver says he's going to take a day off in route and comes up with some excuse. Uh, but when you show up, that guy that you're looking at might be mad, but he's not mad at you. He's mad for all the other reasons. And you have to change his mentality around that there are some still reputable drivers, companies, operators out here. All right, guys. Absolutely. I want to jump in real quick. We get we getting into about uh getting close to the end of the show. We got about twelve minutes left. Um, George, I know uh where your best race. I know you in your backyard. You work in your backyard there, Joe. What are you? What what type of uh, of a uh, trailer are you pulling right now? And where are you seeing good race at? Uh, I'm pulling a '53 drive van, and my rates, quite frankly, are my customers. Uh. Uh, you know, I, I haul the same stuff all the time on a dedicated load, the same customer for 23 years, basically pays me what I ask them. Uh, I don't I don't deal with too many brokers very seldom, so uh, I'm a, a steady customer load customers. All right. I want to try to give a quick little rundown real quick of uh, try to give some folks a different place they might want to look at on, on the spot market. You know, when we've been talk, talking bad about the spot market uh, just about all hour here. Uh, but uh, North Carolina is for. I'm gonna start off with uh, drive vans. Drive vans. North Carolina is a good spot that you might want to be in for with drive vans. South Carolina is also a pretty good spot to be in with a drive van. West Virginia. West Virginia is a nice spot to be in if you have a drive van. Um, Ohio is really good with a drive van right about now. Indiana also very strong with drive vans on the spot market. Uh, Wisconsin, you're looking good in Wisconsin with drive van. Minnesota is looking fairly well with the drive van. Uh, Iowa looks good with drive van. Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming. Um, I'm going to put a caveat on Wyoming because it's, it's showing in this entire state of Wyoming, showing an available of 215 loads. 22 trucks in the area showing a 9.8 uh, load-to-truck ratio, but you have to kind of take those numbers into consideration. Um, Montana showing also the same thing. Got to take those numbers into consideration. 274 loads in the area, 37 trucks in the area, 7.4 load-to-truck load ratio with the drive van. Um, Idaho, 
pretty good for, with the dry van. Oregon, you're doing really well with the dry van. Washington State as well with the dry van, and also New Mexico is looking pretty good with dry vans. Those are some markets that you can look at on the spot market right now with dry vans if you are working the spot market. With a flatbed, the entire country is your pearl. Other than California, the entire country is your pearl right now. As I'm looking at the map, the entire map is a very dark green, which means uh, absolutely astronomical load-to-truck ratios. I'm, so, I'm seeing load-to-truck ratios at 20 to 1, 30 to 1, all across the entire United States. So if you have a flatbed step deck, you can knock it out the park right now. Uh, reefers in the spot market, really good areas you might want to look into being. Uh, Tennessee. Tennessee is a really good area right now with reefers. Uh, New York, believe it or not, New York is booming right now for reefers. Hey, if that's the case in New York, I, I want John Wayne Lancaster up here in New York, and I want to go out to dinner. Actually, I know some good places to take him. I mean, Joe had a great... But New York, great... Right, now, right, right now, New York, I know there's some still some photos and stuff moving out of upstate New York. Okay, in your area, George, uh... New York is showing a 12.6 load-to-truck ratio, and those numbers are really strong because I'm showing 2,965 available loads in the area and only 236 reefers available in the area. Yeah, but but but, but the, the issue with that is that my reefer is more designed for climate control and not reefer work. <laughs> You know the 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 entire country is your pearl if you have a flatbed. Rico, you now have two reefers. Add a flatbed to that. They're really not that expensive. Yeah, I, I, I'm, 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 uh, I had a conversation with Chuck Snow, and I'm really thinking about maybe changing segments in, in the coming future. Um, going jump jumping right back on wrap this up real quick, gentlemen. We'll jump back into it. Uh, Ohio for reefers is really good. Michigan, really good. Indiana, really good. Kentucky, really good. Um, Illinois, really good. Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, Iowa, Kansas City, Missouri, or the entire state of Missouri, Nebraska, uh, South Dakota is kind of there. showing a really high load to truck ratio. The numbers say 371 load, 13 trucks. So you got to take that into consideration. Uh, North Dakota, same thing. It's on a 41 to 1 ratio, 616 loads, 15 trucks available. Uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico is showing a 200 to 1 load to truck ratio for reefers. Wow. I might, I might even get a, get a permit to start going out to New Mexico right about now. Now, um, Rico, did you say Albuquerque or did you say the state of New Mexico? I'm showing, I tell you what, I can zoom right into the market. Give me just a second. Actually, the entire state is the, the entire state is very dark blue for New Mexico. And actually, Albuquerque is showing a 190 loads to truck for a reefer, showing 4,390 loads available for a reefer. Only 23 trucks wow. are in the area. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> well, that's, and that, that is going to that is all going to change real quick because you know what's fixing to happen in the next couple of weeks in this in the Midwest. It's called harvest. Exactly. You're going to have a exactly. lot of guys coming off of the flatbeds and the vans and the reapers and going home and getting their grain wagons and start harvesting. There's going to be a lot more loads available. Yes, sir. Uh, Nevada. Wrapping this up real quick. Nevada. And Oregon, Idaho is showing is, is pretty strong as well. Uh, so those things that I just ran off on the uh, that I just ran off real quickly, those are really good areas that you might want to focus on. There are some other pockets and other areas that I didn't mention. I just wanted to kind of really hit the highlight uh, highlight markets that are really really booming right now to try to help you uh, if you're going to be operating this spot market. Know the value that you're bringing to the market and make sure that you are getting what you need to get. Don't settle for less because you are providing a much-needed service. 
All right, gentlemen, we wrapped that up. We got through that before the time ran out. We got about five minutes left. Anything, uh, George uh, and Joe, I'll give both of you an opportunity to maybe. Uh oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on for a second, Joe. Let me put your whole. Got a question come, coming in. Caller from the 734. You're all live with Rico and George. Hello, Rico? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, how are you? This is Jess. Thank you so much for all what you do. I really appreciate it. It's very valuable wealth and wealthy information here. Uh, my question uh, to you was, could you be kind enough once you specify the truckload ratios, can you give us an average price? Also, for the race that they're going, just to have a, a clear picture. Thank you very much. Uh, say, say that again, uh, Jeff. Yeah, can you give us, like, once you say there's a specific area, good load to uh, rate ratio, can you give us also the prices going on for those areas you're talking about, just to have an idea so we could compare? Well, the, the, well, the, the price the, is going to really depend, depend, depend on the market that you're going to. Going to. Um, well, um, I got a little bit of feedback on the radio. Turned on. I'm about to put you on mute for just a second. Uh, <laughs> but the price, I can't really give you a price unless I know exactly from where, where you're going to. Um, and then I can pull back a price on that particular lane. Uh, have to be more specific. Like I'll give you an example. I need to know if you're picking up in Dallas and going to um, Kansas City, Missouri. You know, then I can then I can uh, go in and pull back uh, pricing information that we can try to give you some averages on. Um, but but it, without without knowing specifically what destination you're going to, I can't pull back any price. I'll put put your microphone back on now so you can respond. Okay, thank you. All right. Well, I, right. yeah, what I meant is that when you went uh, to give us examples like New York or like uh, some other places like North Carolina or South Carolina and so on, if you were if you were able to see some of those highest rates and then give us a price that reflects the best city for that state so we could have a good idea and perspective for not just a, tr a truck to load ratio, but also the price for, or the highest price for that area for the for that state. Well, do you, do you got a state that you, in particular that you that you uh, want? To, got a question about? Um, uh, if you, I mean, like just over the cities or the states that you've been that you've been going over, um, I'll let you just choose, you know, random three. Uh, good, healthy markets for like a reefer or a uh, flatbed and like the highest in the country so we would know what are the rates like, not just not just knowing that the trend is good as in truck-to-load ratio, but also to have an idea about what are those prices going on. So I'll let you choose those specific uh, cities. Okay, I, I think I understand where you're coming from, and, and what you're asking is, is going to be extremely difficult to pull off, to pull off because because we're dealing with the, we're dealing with the spot market, and in the spot market, those numbers and it's going to fluctuate tremendously from basically hour to hour, and it's going to be really difficult to give you a. a, a I could tell you tonight and. Tomorrow, the market could be flooded with the incoming trucks coming in delivering, and, and and so it's going to change. By the time you get there, it it could change. So what I was when I went over those highlighted markets just now, I was trying to give you something that I, that the numbers are in a high enough area where it'll it'll take a day, it'll take a couple of days before those markets dry up. Uh, some some of them will continue to be pumping really strong. But uh, a few of them will dry up. Uh, it's just like um, you know, when, when, when once everyone knows that their the produce is coming out of Florida, everybody's hightailing it down to Florida, trying to get produce out of Florida, and and, and the rates plummet almost overnight because now the the, the market is flooded with trucks. So uh, I hope you understand that. I got about thirty seconds left. George, you want to plug your site real quick? Uh, you know what, yeah, I mean, anybody out there, please take a look at our Facebook page, Blue Heron Logistics. And just quickly, uh, you know, I'm going to throw out there, I'm doing it in a couple seconds. You know, when you're looking at your direct shippers, start right around your family and also base yourself on, in your hometown. Don't, you know, if you're out of Orlando, uh, I don't want to say Orlando, uh, but I did. But it's tough to go up for a direct shipper in Seattle. 
work at your base and build from there. It'd be good one. All right, everyone, we thank everybody for calling in tonight and thank you for your support. For Kevin Russell and the entire Let's Truck team, this is Rico Muhammad signing out from Ken, uh, not Kenley, <laughs> Candler, North Carolina. Be safe, everyone. Good night. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.